Today's message was recorded live at the Middletown Seventh-day Adventist Church of Louisville, Kentucky, a safe environment where people relationships become kingdom relationships. Find us online at www.friendlychurch.com. Let me go ahead and say, Happy Sabbath, everyone. You know, the Bible says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. We are so glad to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? You know, I wonder what David uh, felt like when he wrote in Psalms chapter 84 and verse 2. He says, My soul longeth. Yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cried out for the living God. You know, even back then, it was a special thing to go to the courts of the Lord. And isn't it true today? That is a special thing for us to be able to gather together as the family of God in the house of the Lord. Amen? I am so glad to see your eyes today. <laughs> and I know that you're, you're smiling <laughs> by faith. It's a blessing to see all of you. And this morning, we're going to be talking about our source. We're going to be talking about our source. But before we begin, let us start with a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we are so thankful for your Sabbath day. Father, your people have gathered here in your courts and also those joining online to hear a word from you and to worship you on this Sabbath day. And Father, I confess my unworthiness, my insufficiency to be able to speak to your people. And so, Lord, I ask that you may Give to me that I may give to your people. Pray that you may hide me behind your cross and that Jesus alone will be lifted up. We pray for a deeper and closer relationship with you and an experience with you that we so desperately need in these times. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everyone say, Amen. Our source. Our source. Now, each of us have needs that must be met in order to survive. You know, and we cannot choose or change what those needs are, they are set by fixed laws. And if the needs are met according to the laws that dictate the needs, then one can expect to have health. But if the needs are not met, we will go from function to dysfunction to no function. That's death. Now, what are man's three basic physical needs? Three basic physical needs. We need food. 
water and oxygen. All right? Food, water, and oxygen. And we cannot just choose whether we need these things or not. They are needs that are determined by fixed laws and they must be supplied in order for us to live. For example, how long can we go without food? Well, we know of at least three people in the Bible that went without food for how long? 40 days. Moses, Elijah, and Jesus Christ. I think we're at the the tail end, so to speak, of Adam's vital force. (laughs) Some of us can't do one or two days (laughs) without food. All right? But in fact, I saw a a recent article where someone actually tried to to do a 40-day fast and they died. How long can we live without water? Even less, right? Significantly less. Approximately, they say, three and the maximum eight days without water. How long can we do without air or oxygen? Even significantly less. Is that right? In fact, they say that if the brain goes without oxygen for up to 30 minutes, you will have significant brain damage and possibly death. And some of us go to the beach and we can't hold our breath for a minute underwater, right? So these are needs that we have that must be supplied in order for us to live. Are you with me so far? But these needs, in order to be supplied, must be taken from a source. Our bodies are unable to produce these things, and if they could produce it, then it wouldn't be a need. If our bodies could produce the food that we need, or the water that we need, or the air we need, then it would no longer be a need. A need by nature is something that we cannot produce, and we must get it, from an external source. Now let's consider a need that we cannot produce, that many do not consider to to be a need. But it is one of our fundamental needs. Can you guess what it is? How many here do not need love? Raise your hands. You see, I have not met one person yet that has answered yes to that question, that they do not need love. And you will not meet meet one person, my friends, that that does not need love. Now, is it possible that love, as a need, functions like food, water, and oxygen? The subtitle of this message is The Divine Love. We're talking about the divine love in light of our source this morning. And do you think 
that just like these other three basic needs that we have mentioned, that if the source is bad, the fruit and the symptoms will also be bad. Now, if there are bad symptoms or fruit, the cause is usually that the source is bad. For instance, if you use, and these are extreme illustrations or examples just to illustrate the point, if you source food from rat poison or carbon monoxide instead of fresh air, or filthy stagnant pool water instead of pure water, you can see that you'll move from function to dysfunction to no function. Are you with me? Be why? Because we will be taking from the wrong source. The wrong source. And in health, to find out 80% of health problems, you need look no further than the cause, and the cause is the same as the source. Now, if we would like to treat disease, if you and I would like to treat disease, for example, applying this understanding, what must we then do first? We must first ascertain the cause. We must get down to the source and not just the symptoms. You see, symptoms include aches and pains and coughs and fatigue and fever and weakness and chills and the like. And if you simply take medications or even natural remedies or herbs to remove the symptoms, will that fix the problem? No, right? Doing that only hides the evidence of the underlining problem. That is like picking leaves or, or fruit off of a tree that is bad. You know, during this uh, COVID pandemic, we have had a lot of time uh, at the ministry at Red, at Red River. Uh, by the way, we changed the name from Thrive to Red River Outposts uh, because that name better plants us in the community. Seeing that we're in the area called Red River Gorge and it is one of the top 10 rock climbing places in the entire world. So we changed the name to Red River Outpost. But while during this COVID, we've been there in the garden. And we've learned so much, of, uh, so, much so many lessons from the garden. And one day I was out in the garden and I was walking among our tomato plants. <laughs> and I noticed the different colors and spots on the leaves. So not knowing what the plant was lacking, I decided to take out my phone here and type it in on Google and type in, what does this mean? And then I found out that the leaves, the symptoms, can actually tell you that there is a problem. But if I pick the leaves off, would that fix the problem? So I type it into my phone here and I found out that the leaves can actually tell you a lot about what is taking place in the plant. For example, if the leaves have a yellowing color at the tips and edges, it's a sign of potassium deficiency. 
Or if the leaves have spots or, and holes, it, it, it's a sign of manganese deficiency. Or if the, if the leaves are, have old growth, if the old growth leaves are yellow and wilted, then it's a lack of nitrogen. Now, like I said, if I pick the leaves off, does that fix the problem? If I go a step further and I pick the branches off, would that fix the problem? If I must fix the problem, I must get down where? To the source, to the soil. Are you with me? Now, when I get down to the soil, you see the plant is simply taking from the soil around it. And if the plant is showing that there, there is a discoloration, there is not something only wrong with the plant, it is something wrong with the soil. So the soil must be replenished in order for this plant to be healthy. This soil in the illustration represents our sources. Our needs must come from a source. Now we are talking about one of the needs that is overlooked, yet we all know that we need it, and that is none other than love. God has given to each of us this God-given inner need. And too often what we find is that people take it from or try to fulfill this need from the wrong source. And hence we see, when we see in the life the bad fruit, when we see in the life the bad symptoms, many times we try to work from the outside in. Many times we try to correct behavior patterns. Many times we try to correct just the leaves or the fruit. But my friends, what we need to do is get down to the soil. We need to get down to the source. God has given us these inner needs, God-given inner needs. Love. To know that someone is unconditionally committed to our best interests. Significance, which is another form of love. To know that our lives have meaning and purpose. Security. To feel accepted and have a sense of belonging. These are all, my friends, legitimate needs that we need in order to thrive and survive. But so often, we go through life fulfilling these legitimate needs illegitimately. And we take from sources that are deficient, and thus we see deficient fruit and leaves in the life. Poor relationships, gangs, Drugs and alcohol, overeating, social media and technology, movies and games and overworking, education, finance, cars, houses, earthly possession, trying to fulfill the void that is in the heart that only one person can fulfill. Go with me in your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17. And the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 5, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man 
that trusteth in men, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departed from the Lord. And verse 7 says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope is the Lord. Blessed is the man that trusts in who? In the Lord. So we are to receive from God as our source love, our sense of self-worth, our sense of security, our sense of happiness, identity, and purpose. But like we say, so often these legitimate needs in our society, in our church, amongst our young people, young and old, we seek to fulfill these needs illegitimately. I want to talk a little bit about social media and technology. We see the, this surge of the media, especially in this time. Many seek through these outlets to fulfill their needs. And you know what these are all centered on, my friends? Self. You know what Twitter says? Follow me. You know what Instagram says? Look at me. You know what Facebook says? Like me. <laughs> Seeking to fulfill needs, legit, legitimate needs, illegitimately. Now, I'm not saying it, it is a sin to be on any of these social media platforms, but too often, and you will see this so often that people will post something and they are glued to their phones because they want to see who likes it, who looks at it, who follows it, seeking to fulfill that need of belonging and acceptance and appreciation through illegitimate needs. And it creates addiction and distraction and takes our eyes off of the true source. Are you with me? I want to say that it's awfully quiet in here. <laughs> I feel like I'm preaching on Zoom. <laughs> but I know that there's an audience here. Amen? Amen. All right. <laughs> now, there are many scriptures that tell us that Christ is our source. Turn, turn with me in your Bibles to the book of John. John... Chapter 6. By the way, I've never preached so much <laughs> on media as this COVID. I'm preaching on all over the world. <laughs> preaching in England, preaching in Indonesia and <laughs> India and all over the world. John chapter 6. I want you to notice, and we won't go through all of these. John chapter 6 and verse 41. And the Bible says, the Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And he says, and they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know, how is it then that he said, I came down from heaven? And Jesus continues in verse 47. 
and 48. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Jesus says he is the source. Christ is the bread. He is the source. Just as much as we need food, Christ is there to supply our legitimate need of love. Christ says he is the water of life. You find that in John chapter 4. He is also the breath of life. And Christ is only the only one that can truly satisfy our needs. Can you say amen? amen? Now in Desire of Ages, there's a phenomenal statement there in page, on page 57, paragraph 1, and I know it's probably hard for you to see on the screen, so I'll just read it to you. It says, it, it declares that while God's hatred of sin is as strong as death, His love for the sinner is stronger than death. And having undertaken our redemption, he will spare nothing, however dear, which is necessary to the completion of his work. No truth essential to our salvation is withheld. No miracle of mercy is neglected. No divine agency is left unemployed. Favor is heaped upon favor, gift upon gift. Now, I want you to notice these words. Then it says, the whole treasury of heaven is open to those whom he seeks to save. Then I want you to notice what it goes on to say, having collected the riches of the universe and laid open the resources of infinite power, he gives them all into the hands of Christ and says, all these are for man. Use these gifts to convince him that there is no love greater than mine in earth or heaven. And I love this last sentence. It says, his greatest happiness will be found in loving me. His greatest happiness will be found in loving me. Now what happens when we take from the wrong source? You see, my friends, too often, now go with me to Psalm 62, verse 5. Too often our expectations are on the wrong things. Psalm 62 and verse 5. Psalm 62 and verse 5. And the Bible says, My soul... Wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is, what does it say? From Him. My soul wait only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. Now, so often in life, we try to source, again, we try to source the fulfillment of our needs from illegitimate sources. And when we apply this to even relationships, we have such high expectations of others that when they do not live up to our expectations, what happens? 
We feel hurt and frustration and anger and all these negative emotions. Could it be, my friends, that we are looking at the wrong source? You see, the example that Christ gave us is that we are to take from God all that you and I need, and then we are to give to others. Christ, in his example, took all that he needed from the Father so that he was able to give to humanity. My question to you this morning, how do we deal with rejection? How do you deal with the feeling of not being accepted, not having a sense of belonging, and so forth and so on? We see so many conflicts in the world today. So many conflicts even in our churches. And may I suggest to you this morning that the problem is a love problem. May I suggest to you that the problem is a love problem. Where is our source? I want you to notice what this says. It says, But turning from all lesser representations, we behold God in Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, we see that it is the glory of our God to do what? To give. I do nothing of myself, said Christ. The living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father. I seek not my own glory, but the glory of him that sent me. So Christ lived a life that he took what he needed from God, and he took to give. This is the love of God. You see, human love gives with the expectation of return. And when we do not receive that which we expect in return, our love shows itself to be just what it is, a selfish love. But God's love is the kind of love that gives without expectation. Are you with me? Now, notice, it says, In these words is set forth the great principle, which is the law of life for the universe. All things, how many things? All things Christ received from God, but he did what? Took to give. Here is the principle, my friends, of the law of life, the law upon which all of heaven centers on. It is the law of taking from God, our source, taking from God that which we need, and then giving to others. But human love takes from the wrong sources. Human love seeks to take from others. You know, I was just counseling with a family, husband and wife. And as I was counseling with them, the wife, she was in great distress. And as she was in great distress, she started talking about her husband and the relationship there, and she said, you know, this is getting worse and worse and worse, and then finally she left. And her husband was about to file for a divorce. And so through the providence of God, we started to talk, and she said, is it possible that we could do Bible studies? Is it possible that we could do studies together? 
I said, absolutely, let's do studies. And what I'm sharing with you, I began sharing with her. And as I shared with her, I said, you know, in our relationships, too often we are looking for our source of fulfillment in the other person. It happens in not only marital relationships, it happens in friendships, it happens all over because we are not taking from God that which we need. So we look to others. And so here she is looking to her husband for this sense of fulfillment. So we started studying. And as we study, we talk about the character of Christ and how he took in order to give, how he lived a life of blessing. He lived a life of other-centered. Not self-centered, but other-centered. She said, wow, this is so powerful. I need to look now to God, to look to Christ in order to receive that sense of love, that sense that I need so that I can give to my family. She started, we started studying. We did about four or five studies. And then she called me one day. She says, guess what? I am driving back home to my husband. And then when he, she got home to her husband, he was wondering what changed, what caused this change to take place. So she said, I realized my true source. My source is Christ. I realized that in our relationship, it is my duty to take from God to give. And he says, Who, how are you doing these studies? I want these studies too. And so I started studying with the husband. <laughs> and as I started studying with the husband, I started sharing about how we are to, to be connected to the source. And as we're connected to the source, then we can give to others. You know, my friends, the reason why we have the conflicts in the church the reasons why we have the conflict in society, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And in society especially, with the racial tension and all these things, you know the Bible says in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 12, that because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall what? Wax cold. In these last days, the reason is, the primary reason is because people are no longer connected to Christ. That is the problem in our society and in our churches. And so that husband, we started studying, and lo and behold, he started catching the principle. And, and step by step, even now, their marriage is getting better. Amen? Now I want to take just another turn here. Now a tree taps into the source and then as the tree taps into the source, into the soil, it takes to give. Everything in nature, my friends, takes to give. All things in nature takes to give except the selfish heart of man. And so we see that a tree takes now, when the tree produces fruit, is the fruit for itself? Yes or no? No. The fruit of the tree is for what? Is for others. Does a tree eat, eat its own fruit? No, you'll never see that. Does an apple tree produce apples for itself? No, it produces the apples to bless others. Turn with me to John chapter 15. John 
chapter 15. Now in John chapter 15, we know this familiar text, but I want you to look at it with the eye or the lens of the source. Notice John chapter 15 and verse 4, the Bible says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in in me. So Christ says, abide in him, the source, and as a result of abiding in Christ, then our lives will produce much fruit. And that fruit will be for others. What happens when we don't give that which we receive from Christ? Let's go to John chapter 12. John chapter 12 and verse 25. John chapter 12 and verse 25. And the Bible says, He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. So in order for us to keep that which we receive, we must do what? Lose it. We must give it away. Are you with me? So we must first, we must go to God for all that we need. Do you need belonging? Who is the source? Hello? If you need belonging, who is the source? God. If you need acceptance, who is the source? If you need a sense of security, who is the source? If you need forgiveness, who is the source? But in order to keep forgiveness, what must we do? We must forgive others. Do you see this? This is the law of life. If we refuse to forgive others, then we lose that which we receive from God. So in order for us to keep acceptance, we must do what? Accept others. In order for us to keep belonging, we must what? make others feel belong. Are you with me? This is the law of life. We're taking from Christ all that we need, and then we're living a life that is others-centered. When we live a life that is others-centered, and we live a life that is taking from God, then you will find that you will not be personally hurt when people do wrong to you. When people do wrong to us, the reason why we are personally hurt is because unconsciously we see them as a source. We see them as a source of our acceptance and belonging and our, acceptance, uh, 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 our security. And so we feel personally hurt. But if we see Christ as our source and receiving from Christ all that we need, then we are able to deal with the problems that we find in life. This is why the Bible says, now go with me to Matthew chapter 5. And no wonder people come to the church, and I'm not excusing by any means, my friends, us not being loving. 
The world is looking for this love, this love of Christ. The world is looking for this love to be revealed. But as, as Christians, as people who are servants of God, I expect us to be spiritually mature. And so many people come to the church and trying to find in others their sense of acceptance. Not realizing that Christ is the source. Are you still with me? No, notice Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 verse 44. Notice what the Bible says. But I say unto you, Love your enemies. Now, are your enemies good sources, yes or no? So if, you're, if your enemy is a source, that's bad news. Because the enemy can only hate you, despise you, reject you. Is that right? But when you see Christ as your source, and God, the love of God is flowing in your heart, then what can you do? You can love your enemies. Notice what Jesus says, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despisefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and he sendeth his rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same. And then he says, And if ye salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. So when you look at the life of Christ, did he go through rejection? Yes or no? The Bible says that he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He was despised and rejected. But you see, every single day, Christ went to God as his source. And as he received from God that which he needed for the day, he came back to live a life of ministry to others. He lived a life of imparting to others. And that is why the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25, that the, the, the liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall himself be watered. Friends, it's time to get connected to the source. Amen? Christ is looking with earnest and longing desire for the manifestation of his character in his people. And in John 13, verse 35 and 30, 34 and 35, he says there that this that new commandment, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Verse 35, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. I remember the story over 25 years ago now, the genocide in Rwanda took place. And over one million people died over the course of three months. And they were killed by the opposing tribe. 
And of that one million people, a hundred thousand, it is said, a hundred thousand Seventh-day Adventists lost their lives. And a Seventh-day Adventist pastor tells a powerful story of a lady that he met who was with her husband when the killers came. And as she was there with her husband and 60 of them were huddled in this room, and as soon as the killers came, they cut them down one by one until the killers got to her and her husband. And she was holding on to her husband's hand. And as she saw the killer raise his hand with the machete, she put her hand in front of her husband's head. And her hand was severely injured. But it didn't stop there. They kept yanking and kept yanking. And when it was all said and done, the husband was murdered and she was left for dead. In and out of the hospital, for three years, it took this lady to recover. Thankfully, she made it alive. But her whole family died, including her husband, who was a Seventh-day Adventist pastor. And this lady, this pastor is telling the story of meeting this lady. And as he asked her, can you be, can you... Tell me the story. I know this is sensitive for you, but can you tell me what happened? And as, he shared, as she shared with him, tears came running down her face as she shared this story of seeing the murder of her family and her husband. But she said, Pastor, I had a choice to make. She says, Am I going to allow the love of God to flow through my life or am I going to live the rest of my life in bitterness and anger and frustration? And she said, she said the Bible says, love your enemies. And so this lady, in Rwanda at the time, they they built 18 prisons and put 180,000 of those people, killers, in jail. And she said, you know, these men need food. They need uh, 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 blankets for the cold. And so she went to the prison and she started doing ministry at the prison. And she brought food and she brought clothing and she brought all these things. And she started doing Bible studies with the killers and the prisoners. And then one day she says, Pastor, one day, a young man came to me and fell at my feet. And he kissed my feet. And he said, do you know who I am? And I said, she said, no. And he said, I remember you. I was the one who killed your husband. And at that moment, she remembered the young man. And she remembered it. She says, it's almost as if the whole scene came flashing back in her, in her mind. 
of when that machete came down and split her husband's head. And here was the killer standing right before her. And he said, you have been doing this ministry here, and I want to confess to you, this has, is what I did. Will you forgive me? And this lady is talking to this Adventist pastor, and she, she expresses that I had a choice to make, to forgive or not to forgive. And she says, I chose to forgive. But more than that, this young man, over a period of time, was released from prison, and he had nowhere to go. His mom and his his dad had died, and he had nowhere to go. And this woman adopted this young man as her own son and took the killer of her own family into her own house. And she says to the Seventh-day Adventist pastor, would you like to meet him? And she went to the other room, and she called this young man. And his name was Louis, and her name was Selfty, I think. And she introduced her new adopted son, the killer of her husband, to the pastor. With tears flowing down their faces, the pastor could not believe this manifestation of love. She said, Pastor, when Jesus comes again, it will all be over. I will see my husband, and this is what my husband, being a pastor, this is what he would have wanted me to do, to forgive and to love. Why was this lady able to do this, my friends? She was connected to what? The source. Are you with me? She had a connection with Christ. She had the personal relationship with Jesus. And as a result, his love just flowed right through her heart. My friends, do we need that love today? Yes or no? Yes. How did Christ receive it? He took it from the Father in his time of prayer and study. Christ received all that he needed. Is it your desire today, despite the problems in life, despite all the circumstances, despite where we are today, is it your desire? You say, God, connect me to the source. Connect me to the source, that your love might flow through me. And my friends, as we have covered not only the source, But we must impart to others. We must tell. We must engage in service to others. Because only then can we keep that which we received. Can you say amen? Amen. Let us pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we want to be connected to the source. We want a deep and personal relationship with you, and we want, dear Lord, for you to take our eyes off of the illegitimate sources. Humans and and, and things and places, all of these things that we want to know Christ and to know your love, that your love might flow in and through us. 
And so, Father, I pray that you might increase love among your people because you have said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. We want to thank you for your word. I pray that this message was clear and that it may not just be information, but it may lead to transformation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand for our closing song.